Blog Talk Radio. This is the national premiere Soccer League show hosted by Daniel Feuerstein, the show dedicated to the NPSL club and the fans. Your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Good evening, NPSL soccer fans, and welcome back to the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show for the NPSL Soccer Show. Of course, we dedicating the time for the NPSL, the National Premier Soccer League, as we get ready to talk about those clubs for tonight, to discuss those players and owners and front offices about their big-time moment here on the Four Year Scenes Fire American Soccer Show. So let us not hold back, but let's also remember the playoffs are almost at our front door. The NPSL summer season is about to get ready to move into the playoff rounds, and it should be exciting to watch, and it should be a lot of fun to see as we get ready for this huge moment. Let's go to the standings right now. East region, we have the Kingston Stockade right now in first place with 16 points. Velo FC and Hartford City FC are tied on 14 points, but Velo has the differential record ahead of Hartford City as they are at a plus 14, Hartford a plus 6. The New York Shockers in fourth place, not bad for an expansion side. They do have 13 points. Boston City in fifth place with 10. And unfortunately for Greater Lowell Rough Diamonds, they are in dead last with eight matches played, eight losses. <coughs> They've only scored four. They've allowed 40. So their differential is at a minus 36. Mid-Atlantic Conference, Baltimore Christos. They have the lead with 22 points. Northern Virginia United in second place with 14. Philadelphia Lone Star in third place with 11. Virginia Beach City in fourth place with 8. And FC Frederick in last with uh, 4 points. Rough year for them. A win, six losses, and a draw. For the Southeast Conference, Georgia Revolution right now in first place, 25 points. Georgia Storm, second place with 17. Appalachian FC, third place with 13. Fourth place. Once again, with a game in hand, it is LSA Atletico Lanier. Even though North Alabama is in fifth place with 12 points, once again, LSA Atletico Lanier is ahead on games in hand. So that's why they are currently in fourth place. Metro Louisville FC dead last with four points. And the Keystone Conference. This has been a hot and active conference, ladies and gentlemen. West Chester United 
ahead by a point over Atlantic City FC right now. Uh, Westchester with 21 points, Atlantic City with 20, FC Motown in third place with 19, FC Monmouth in fourth place with 12, Torch FC with a game in hand. They do have nine points. Electric City City Shock uh, currently in six. They have a they've already played a game more. Ten points. First State FC in seventh place with seven points. And unfortunately for Hershey FC in the land of chocolate. Unfortunately, no wins this season in nine matches. Tough one for them. In the Midwest Region Conference, going over to the Great Lakes Division, the Milwaukee Torrent, first place with 21 points. Carpathia FC in second place with 16 points. FC Columbus in third place with 13 points. Pathanico Chicago in fourth place with 10 points. And for FC Indiana, unfortunately... Dead last with only a point, six matches played, five losses, one draw. So, tough one for them. In the North Conference Division, Minneapolis City in first place, undefeated, 30 points in 10 matches. That's a damn good accomplishment for them right there. Med City. Excuse me. Sorry about that. Med City, second place, 21 points. Duluth FC, third place, 18 points. Fourth place, Joy St. Louis Park with 11. Sioux Falls Thunder in fifth place with eight. Fusion in sixth place with six. And with two draws, LC Aris FC dead last in the North Conference Division. Uh, out of nine matches played, only two draws. Of course, seven losses. Not good for them. The Rust Belt Conference, Cleveland SC, leading with 22 points. Pittsburgh Hotspurs in second place with 15. FC Buffalo in third place with seven. Syracuse FC in fourth place with six. Eric Commodores in fifth place uh, with five points. Rochester Lancers. In dead last, unfortunately, they only have four points. South Region Conference in the Gulf Coast Conference. Jacksonville Armada, under-23 club, in first place with 33 points. Southern State Soccer Club, second place with 22. Third place, Pensacola FC with 17. Nolans Jesters in fourth place with 14. Of course, they have a match in hand on AFC Mobile, who has played 12 matches already with 15 points. Party Port City, excuse me, Party City, I wish it was. Port City FC in sixth place with 13. Fourth place, excuse me, seventh place, Tallahassee S. Dead last in the Gulf Coast Conference. In the Heartland Conference, demise of the MPSL, first place with 21 points. Tulsa Athletic and Oklahoma City 1889 tied on points. Excuse me, I'm sorry, not tied on points, my bad. Tulsa Athletic in second place with 18. Oklahoma City 1889 in third place with 16. Fourth place, Rain FK, uh, nine points. Arkansas Wolves in fifth place with eight. And Dallas City FC in dead last. And... uh, Unfortunately, no wins to speak of. All eight matches are losses. No points for 
Dallas City. The Lone Star Conference, Denton Diablos. They are in first place with a match to be a game in hand right now. Even though Laredo Heat has a win with 20 points, they are in second place. Denton Diablos in first place currently with a match in hand as Laredo is up a game with nine. Denton is second with eight. Third place is Midland Odessa Soccers with 15 points. Coyotes in fourth place with 12 points. Irving FC in fifth with 10 points. They have a game in hand over KD 1895 FC. They do have 11 uh, 11 points, but once again, Irving ahead on uh, game in hand. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, seventh place right now, FC Brownsville with eight points, and the Fort Worth Vaqueros in dead last with only a draw out of eight matches for a point. For the Sunshine Conference, Miami United in first place with 18 points. Miami Dutch Lions, second place with 16 points. They have a game in hand as Naples United played, and they have 17 points. So normally Naples would be in second place with the points, but because of the game in hand, Miami Dutch Lions are in second right now with 16 points. Central Florida Panthers in fourth place with 11 points. Boca Raton FC in fifth place with 10 points. And Storm FC dead last, nine matches played. All losses, and they, the Storm, are in dead last in the Sunshine Conference. In the West region right now, Las Vegas Legends, first place with 14 points. FC Golden State in second place, 13 points. FC Arizona, third place with 12 points. ASC San Diego in fourth place with 8 points. Temecula FC in dead last right now with only four points. So that is the current standings right now for the NPSL. And this is going to be something special, something interesting uh, to see what's going to happen. But once again, we just have to wait till we get to see these teams make the playoffs and go ahead. Now, for those of you wondering about the other divisions now, um, they are, of course, in the Western Conference. As finally, we're getting to see uh, these clubs being allowed to uh, go out and be part of the NPSL. We all know the restrictions on the uh, these Western Conference teams. Moving forward, and, you know, once again, it's tough. Um, hopefully, they'll get back into the swing of things in the NPSL. Of course, we're talking about those teams in the Golden Gate Conference, like Academica, SC, Contra Costa, FC, El Farolito, FC Davis, Napa Valley, Oakland Stompers, Sacramento Gold, Sonoma County, Seoul, and... Those other teams in the Northwest Conference, like Crossfire Richmond, uh, excuse me, Crossfire Redmond, IPS Select, 
International, Portland Select FC, OSA, Seattle FC, PDX FC, Spokane Shadow, and the, the Tacoma Stars um, not competing this season, and they'll be ready to go for next year. Um, you know, shame that because of the whole COVID situation that's still wrecking havoc uh, in most in some places in our country. Hopefully we'll get that squared away and ready to go and moving forward. But as I've said already, the playoffs are almost here. The playoffs are very close, nearby. We shall wait and see what will happen, who's going to make it, and, of course, see what's going to happen with the Open Cup uh, placement. So as of right now, we don't know yet about those Open Cup slots. Probably won't know anything until closer in the off season of 2022, and we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen there. But don't fret, everyone. Hopefully those teams that did qualify for the Open Cup uh, two years ago, hopefully they'll be able to either battle for their spots or maybe it's just we're going to move on and just redo the whole thing. But um, until then... We'll have to wait and see. And once again, like I've said already, do not worry anymore, folks. I believe that this is not a permanent situation on the Open Cup. I believe we're going to get back to those normal spots that, of course, U.S. Soccer is definitely trying to make sure that we get back to that level. And as I've said already in the past, I don't think U.S. Soccer is going to intentionally remove positions and spots to attempt to make things easier for themselves. No, we just have to remain calm, cool and collected, strong and vigilant that once again, U.S. Soccer Federation will allow an open cup tournament to get played with, you know, for this year. Okay. But also for a proper open cup for next year, because I truly believe U.S. soccer is not going to shut down the Open Cup because they know how important it is to everyone and anyone in the NPSL, USL, MLS, NISA, everywhere in all of the professional and amateur leagues that are legal to qualify into the Open Cup. And it should be a lot of fun. It should be exciting. And I personally cannot wait when we get back to Open Cup play. It's a crowded calendar filled with their national dates. We all know this. But we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen here as we get ready to move forward and have some fun with the Open Cup. Time to get ready to introduce the first guest tonight on the NPSL Soccer Show here on the Forestines Fire American Soccer Show as we await for a gentleman who is currently on the Georgia Revolution, Mr. Rob Catan, as he will be hopefully making uh, his phone call into the show as we get ready to discuss the NPSL Soccer Show, Georgia Revolution. You know, the Georgia Revolution, one of those older teams in this league that has done fantastic work, not just in the area of where they play, 
but of course for the state of Georgia, bringing in those talented players. Not just, of course, we know about Atlanta United that has done great work in the state of Georgia as well as the city of Atlanta, but, you know, just to have a Georgia team ready to go, looking strong, looking solid, and hopefully, um, you know, adding and helping more talent in the state of Georgia to get bigger and better. And obviously, you know, they are an MLS team, but that means that doesn't mean that you have to ignore the other clubs that are in Georgia right now that are trying to do things themselves and, of course, developing players. And Georgia Revolution has done that. And, you know, the hope, and right now, of course, in their division, trying to, of course, improve players to get them ready for the big stage. Why not? Why not? Moving on and having some fun. Uh, Of course, Georgia Revolution becoming a staple in the NPSL. It's absolutely fantastic. And I remember back in the day. Back in the day. Uh, when they got into the Open Cup. And I forget who it was who was on my show, but I remember um, big, big moment, big, big moment, of course, for the Revolution getting into the Open Cup and, you know, playing hard, playing strong. Uh, Didn't last long, unfortunately. Uh, Won their opening round, lost their second round matchup. Would have to say, at least in the uh, early 2010s. But, you know, that's the luck of the draw sometimes with the Open Cup. It's a situation where you would have to hope that everything is going to be great, going to be strong, and moving on and having some fun and It's just one of those things that, as I've said already, you know, this is the situation moving forward. And we're going to hopefully, you know, see what's going to happen. But one thing about the Georgia Revolution that I just found out, actually, and this is, of course, from the Atlanta Journal and Constitution and Doug Roberson, who uh, wrote the article, actually. I want to give him credit for the article uh, Doug Roberson uh, writing about a, a bunch of Georgia Revolution players being a part in a movie that just came out today, playing at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, taking part in a soccer game, of course, made up, of course. The, uh, the movie called with Chris Pratt, The Tomorrow War. And apparently some of the players on the Georgia Revolution team are in this movie, including Mr. Kaitan. And that's amazing. That is amazing to hear. 
and you know just to see the article, read it. Um, the movie comes out today, I believe. Uh, today's Friday, July the second, so the movie should be out already, I believe, or maybe it's not yet. Don't have to take a look. Go to IMDb just to see, like I guess, when the movie will come out. But to be in a movie involving Chris Pratt. Now, I don't know if the, he is in the opening scene or not or whatever scene it's going to be at, but just to have Chris Pratt there or be a part of a movie that has Chris Pratt is just unbelievable. It's just absolutely fantastic. And all I can say is, is this, is that when you are involved in a big movie and you're being asked to play, you know, uh, a Apparently, it's for the World Cup, I believe, was the article. And you're going to be playing as, uh, you know, not the Georgia Revolution, of course, but, you know, the um, the uh, you know characters or, you know, characters that you're going to represent a different nation or something. But it's, it's fun. It, it's a lot of fun. It's interesting. It's, it's very interesting to see what's going to happen. It's going to be exciting. To see what's going to happen. So for these players, including for Mr. Kaitan, you know, good on him, good for him, and hopefully he'll get uh, you know movie credits. Of course, you know when the credits are rolled up at the back end of the movie, uh, it should be exciting. It should be fun. I, I personally believe that you know when you get a chance to do a movie, you know you got to savor those moments. Savor those moments, have some fun, go out there and enjoy yourself. That's all you can really do. That's all you can say and do. So once again, it's just a lot of fun. And uh, all I can do is just uh, praise the gentleman for getting himself into a movie. And we'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen. Still waiting for Mr. Kaitan to come on the show. We're trying to see if he's okay. Rob Kaitan, Georgia Revolution. Uh, big, big moment there uh, for, like I said, for the club and for him and his teammates to be in a movie to get filmed. It's exciting. It's a lot of fun. And hopefully uh, he'll get another movie opportunity to go. So we'll have to wait and see. So, you know, We'll just have to wait and see what's going to happen and uh, move on forward, and we'll just have to see what will be the situation. But the Georgia Revolution, uh, like I said, one of those clubs um, that has been fantastic in the NPSL. Uh, Whenever they get a chance to qualify for the Open Cup, they take it seriously. They go all out to try and advance as deep as they can as much as possible. You know, you hopefully you'll see uh, an NPSL team getting into at least a quarterfinal, maybe a semifinal matchup. We know there have been some teams that have gone as far in the semifinals of the Open Cup. Obviously, there's some of those USL teams that have done so. Um, we've seen amateur teams. You know, even NPSL team getting an opportunity, or even a UPSL team getting an opportunity to go deep into an Open Cup run. And, of course, the one that reminds me is Florida Soccer Soldiers, of course, UPSL. So, you know, to have 
you know, a dream to see, you know, maybe one day uh, Georgia Revolution getting into a deep run into the Open Cup would be fantastic. FC Cincinnati, of course, we all know about them. They started all the way in the second round back in 2000 and, and uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, 17, and they went as far as they could, and then uh, they get uh, eliminated by the New York Red Bulls in the semifinals in extra time. So it's a situation, once again, that you're hoping to see that they get an opportunity, and all I can do and say is, is this, is that if they do get that opportunity, I hope that they're able to run with it and get in there. Of course, you know, we hope to see Denton Diablos get an opportunity. I hope we get to see Pittsburgh Hotspots if they do get an opportunity. Hotspurs, excuse me, uh, to get that opportunity. Any any lower level club getting an opportunity to get into a deep Open Cup run, as well as qualify for the Open Cup. To see them go into a deep run would be exciting to watch, would be fun to see. And I really believe that uh, it would be exciting to see a small town club which is probably big in the NPSL, get that opportunity to go and have some fun and make a name for yourself. So it's a situation, once again, to see what Georgia Revolution can do. Uh, love the logo with the eagle inside of the, the, uh, the border circle with the stars. I just think, uh, you know, once again, Georgia Revolution – um, just an amazing thing for them right now, and uh, we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, still some time left in this segment, just waiting for a phone call if we get one. If not, then we'll just move on, but um, once again, the Georgia Revolution is a team you have to, be, you have to really be uh, careful against, and uh, once again, they are a very, very difficult team to play against. And uh, it's a situation, once again, that they will not be taken lightly whatsoever. And, you know, once again, uh, for Georgia Revolution, they do perform in the south region of the NPSL. And... It's a situation, once again, where you just cannot take them lightly. Do not take them lightly. You take them lightly, it's going to be tough to handle. I'm, excuse me, I'm sorry, they're in the East region right now. I apologize. In the Southeast Conference, just ahead of their expansion rivals in Georgia Storm. And once again, the Georgia Revolution Moving forward here, I believe we have Mr. Kaitan on the phone, do we, Rob? Not yet on the phone, so um, it looks like we might have lost him. It looks like... uh, Something else uh, probably has uh, come in. We only have not much left in this opening segment, so that's okay. So let me see if this is going to be my next guest who called in, and we'll have him on, and 
hopefully uh, have him ready to go, move on, and uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, we're just going to have to move Number, on. Number, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Thanks. Bye. Hang on one second. At the tone. And let's see here. We have, uh, is this uh, Rob Catan? Actually, it's not Rob. It's Eric. I'm the the GM and part owner of the Georgia Revolution. I just got a text that he didn't make the phone call in. So I decided to call in for you. All right. Well, thank you. Unfortunately, we don't have much left in the segment. But if I can ask you real quickly, um, if I can ask you real quickly, if I can, about uh, your season so far. Uh, Southeast Conference, you're in the lead right now with 25 points. How has your season been, and how excited are you to get into the playoffs soon in about a couple of weeks? I'll tell you, the season's been absolutely spectacular. I mean, I can't tell you how pumped we are. I mean, I've been with the club since 2016, and this is by far the strongest team we've ever fielded, and there's some there's some very good teams in our conference. So uh, I'm thrilled we get to host a playoff game. It's the first time we've got to host a playoff game as far as I know, ever. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really exciting. I mean, it's been a great season. Um, Coach did a great job recruiting players. We just have a great crew of kids out there uh, just kicking butt every week. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Unfortunately, uh, we're going to have to end it right there. But listen, hopefully I can have you back on in the next show next month. And uh, good luck with the rest of the way, and good luck in the playoffs. Hey, all right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye. That was the general manager of uh, Georgia Revolution moving forward. And uh, hopefully we can uh, get this taken care of uh, somewhere down the road. Joining me right now, hopefully we have uh, a gentleman uh, playing for Pittsburgh Hotspurs. This is Mr. Nick Kolarik. I hope I pronounced it correctly. Nick, are you there? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me. It's it's Kolarik, but I mean, uh, a lot of people mess it up, so it's no big deal. So I'm going to have to put 10 bucks in the uh, cookie jar, right? <laughs> if, if you want to, go for it. But I'm all right with that. Okay. Thanks, all guys. right. All right. All right. I'll set my PayPal for you. So well, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, Nick, I have to say you have a big fan base over in uh, in Pittsburgh in, the, uh, in your hometown area. I mean, I've been getting a lot of uh, likes from fans, uh, your mother. She uh, was happy that you're going to be on this show. Has has your mother uh, phoned the friends, the neighbors, the relatives, everyone? Is she listening in right now? Mom, are you there? Yes, she she is listening right now. She was actually texting me earlier, and she's actually probably my number one supporter, always putting stuff on social media and, you know, supporting me in the club. So it's awesome to have her support and obviously – the people in Pittsburgh. I mean, I'm from here, so played uh, actually for the Riverhounds a couple years before this and kind of went to college near here too. So a lot of people know who I am and like the club as well. So it's it's been a really good season so far. You know, I have to say this. Um, not many people would ever say that Pittsburgh – is a hotbed for soccer. Obviously, we know about the Steelers. We know about the Penguins. We know about the Pirates. But if you want to just inform people, if you are well-versed in how big and how humongous the Pittsburgh area is, soccer talent, go ahead. Just just tell us how big it is. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm 29 years old, so I'm I'm a little bit up there, but I've been around Pittsburgh in the game for a while and I mean, it like you said, we have three professional sports teams and it's a pretty big city and the the game just seems to keep getting bigger every year. And every year that we that I've been with the Hotspurs, we've had more and more supporters come out and follow the team and actually donate and we have a beer and they're buying that and it's it's just so good to see the game growing. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the future holds, whether that's like going up to the next level, like MLS or something. But I, I think the people here in Pittsburgh love the game. And I only think it's going to get bigger because I mean, Pittsburgh people love their sports. So. No, that's fantastic to hear. Obviously that's very true. Um, a lot of diehard sports fans in Pittsburgh. And obviously I can definitely see soccer getting uh, a lot better and a lot stronger. Right now you're in a battle. Um, Cleveland currently is leading the Rust Belt Conference. Uh, they're ahead of you at least by seven points. Um, there's probably going to be maybe two to three weeks left in the season. Can you sneak up past, can you sneak up behind them and find a way for, for the Hotspurs to to overtake Cleveland for this Rust Belt Conference, or do you feel uh, you're going to make noise if you make the playoffs? Yeah, I unfortunately I don't know if that's in our hands to beat them and like to get first place, but I know it's in our hands to clinch second place for the playoffs, and this will be the first time in uh, the Hotspurs history we do. So pretty much we're just worried about uh, our next match, which is tomorrow against Syracuse, and if we win, we're in the playoffs. So. We're looking forward to making the playoffs and obviously making some noise. Uh, we're not sure if we would play Cleveland or whoever else in, like, the Midwest region. But, yeah, the boys are just buzzing, and uh, we're just loving being with each other and playing a good brand of footy right now. So, No, that's fantastic. And talking about this Pittsburgh club, um, how long has this club been in NPSL, or how long has this club been in existence? And what has it meant to – well, you know the River Hounds. They're cemented in the city of Pittsburgh. We know Highmark Stadium where they play, a uh, fabulous location. But for the Hotspurs, uh, how big has it been for this Hotspurs team to go out and perform at a high level in this Rust Belt Conference? Oh, it's massive. And I'm sure you've been following the MPSL for a bit now, but before there was a team called Fort Pitt Regiment, and they folded. And Hotspurs and the ownership group, I think, actually took over, like, the rights for just, like, the Pittsburgh franchise. So the first season was in 2019, and it was a little rough. I think we only won, like, two games out of ten. So it was a little rough, but, you know, it's the same coaching staff, and they've been kind of – like drilling in the same points from us from the beginning, very demanding, and they trust all of us as players, and, you know, they're a great group. So we've kind of brought back a core group from there and then added players for this 2021 season. And, I mean, it's it's looking great so far. We've won, I think we're 5-2 and two so far, and it's, it's just going good. So hopefully we can just keep building on this and uh, see where it takes us. Oh, absolutely, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And I can't wait to see what's going to happen uh, when uh, the playoffs get underway. Talk about your head coach and um, Mr. Campbell, Tom Campbell. Uh, how demanding is he, or how uh, how good is he getting you guys ready to go, tactics, formations, game plan, you know, pumping you guys up? What's it about Tim, Tom Campbell that you feel like you can trust him and move forward? Oh, 100%. Tom's a great guy. Um, 
he hails from England, and this is like this is my third season with him. So he's been preaching to us just about the possession style pretty much. And when we lose it, we're a high-pressing team. We want to win the ball back right away. So we kind of have those two, you know, aspects of the game drilled in our head. And every session's demanding with, you know, a goal that we want to, you know, try and obtain through that session. So he, he's very good at leading us and letting letting us know what he wants from us. And then when we get on the field, he kind of just trusts us to make the decisions as players and kind of do the right stuff and trust us. So it, it's been a good uh, combination so far. And, you know, we're looking forward for the rest of the season with him. Absolutely. Um, so I believe your position, uh, are you midfield, I believe, or defense? Yeah, midfield, midfield. Midfield. So you're attacking or defending? Attacking. Attacking. You're just saying that because you want the ball badly, don't you? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You get a you get more of a free roll up front too as well. So <laughs> Yeah. No, I, I I understand. So what is your special skills? I mean what when you're an attacking midfielder, I mean obviously you're you're here to support the ball, help out the strikers, but whenever you want to take it yourself, like what is your where in the midfield do you fit best? Do you fit as a as a winger or do you like to be in the middle? Winger, winger for sure. I like kind of staying wide or sliding in between the pocket, like in between the back four and the midfield, kind of slipping in there, get a ball turn, and then run at the back four. Um, so I'm not much of like a 1v1 kind of winger, but, you know, I thread some good passes in, and this year I think I have four goals, and they've all been like longer shots. So I've been I've been getting into the long shots and had some bangers in there. So, um, yeah, pretty much that's it. I want to go back to your mom for a moment, please. And I know she's probably listening yeah. and she's probably starting to blush right now because we're talking about her. But I'm going, I want to be honest here. No, I want no. I'm being serious here, actually. How you know? I, obviously, our parents they love us no matter what. They support us no matter what we do. Uh, but if I can ask you this, when uh, is she the loudest cheerer outside of the supporter section when you guys are playing at home? Does she come with you on the road? You know, what does she do? Does she make snacks or anything for the team or something like that? You can go ahead. It's all good. You'll probably get it later when you get home. But go ahead. I want to know everything about your mom. No, yeah, she's good. She's, she is loud. She supports the team, not just me, the team as well. But, yeah, she, she's very good at that. Um, no snacks so far, but she is quite the baker. So maybe we'll get some cookies or something coming up soon. So shout out to you on that one. But, uh. Yeah, she'll, uh, she she goes to the away games and supports us as well, at, at least to the ones she can. And, yeah, I mean, she takes pictures and shares them with me and does videos as well. So she is a very good mom. I don't think I'd be playing the sport without her because she's helped me so much to get where I am today. So I just am blessed to absolutely. have her in my life. No, absolutely, absolutely. So let me guess, she makes chocolate chip cookies or no? Oh, of course. She makes all the above, man. You could ask for whatever. Oh, man. Yes. That's what I want to hear. That's what I want to hear. Chocolate chip cookies. If you come to Pittsburgh, we'll have to hook you up with something. Oh, okay. That's fine. Sure. Why not? (laughs) I'll I'll take chocolate chip cookies any day of the week. I don't care. That's always going to be my favorite. I'm not an oatmeal person. Chocolate chip cookies, that's the best of the best, no matter what. Um, so, um, 
if I can ask you this, if I am going to come to Pittsburgh and I'm going to catch a Hot Shots uh, match, before I even go to the match, where in Pittsburgh is the best place to get the best sandwich? Or what, what is the top food item in the city of Pittsburgh? And where is the must place to get it? Oh, man, that is a tough one. You're putting me on the spot. But I, I guess I'd have That's to right. say, I don't know if it's, it's quite frankly like the best. But, I mean, you got, have you ever heard of Permani Sandwich? Yes, I have heard about them. I have never had one, but I have heard about them. So, yeah, I would suggest that. There's there's a, quite a few throughout the city, and um, they're basically sandwiches with french fries on them and coleslaw. So you can pick your poison with what meats and stuff you want. But um, I would I would say probably Permanis. So if you do come, get Permanis and then head out to a Hotspurs match, and you'll be loving it. Oh, awesome. Awesome. That's fantastic. That's what I want to hear. I want to get the good spots. I want to go over there and I want to chow down on some good sandwiches. That's definitely what I want to get a chance to do. So that's awesome. So, okay, let's get back into the game here. As you said, uh, you got to take on Syracuse this weekend. You win, you're in the playoffs. And if I can ask you this, what does the Hot Spurs need to do? to get a big run going for that NPSL Cup championship. What do you think you guys need to do to get on a run uh, for a title chance this season? Man, yeah. So first, yeah, if we win, we play Syracuse tomorrow at five. It's quite a long bus ride. It's about seven hours from Pittsburgh. So, oh yeah, we're, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're heading up early getting there. Hopefully we get the three points. We had a good couple of training sessions this week and then, um, yeah, to move forward to the playoffs, basically, I'd just say we need to be more solid defensively and kind of press together as a unit. And that's been probably our biggest issue this year. It hasn't been really scoring goals or anything like that, which is good. But, um, yeah, just kind of defending as a unit and pressing together and trying to win the ball back as a group because we're all such a close-knit group together. We hang out a lot when we're not playing as well. So we all like putting in the work for each other and just getting out there and giving it our all. So hopefully – when we win tomorrow and make the playoffs, we can make some noise because we would all love that. All right. That's fantastic to hear, and that's wonderful to talk about. So before I let you go, before I let you go, what was what is your favorite soccer moment in your life, whether it be local, high school, college, uh, watching USL, watching MLS, or being a part of USL, or even international soccer? What great moment do you remember and like to talk about to anybody? So probably in back all the way back in 2013 when I was just a young lad, I played PDL for the Michigan Bucks, and we actually won the whole PDL. So that was quite an experience. It was like one of the best summers I've had and, you know, kind of can replicate that this year with the Hotspurs possibly if we can go further. And then – um not including me, I'd probably say my ancestors are Croatian. So the 2018 World Cup, when they made it to the final, that was just, that was just an absolute wonderful time to see them play and see Luka Modric ball out the way he did. No, huh? Yeah, that was an amazing World Cup last year. That really, really was. And uh, uh, I have to admit, I didn't really pick Croatia to go to the final. Um, I picked them <laughs> to at least get to the semis. 
but I didn't think they were going to get to the final. Um, not saying like I didn't believe in them, but I thought their opponents were a lot better. But still, though, uh, that's an amazing run for them, and that was amazing to see. So all I can say now is, Nick, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you coming on. I hope your mother is uh, going to have a good evening as well. We talked a little, little more about her than normal than I would with my mother, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> but listen, seriously, have a good night. Thank you very much for coming on, and talk to you next time, okay? Sounds good, brother. Thanks for having me. And hopefully, yeah, if you get out to Pittsburgh, let me know and let the club know because we'll hook you up with some good stuff, all right? All right, great. Thanks a lot. I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. All right. Nick Kolarik, Pittsburgh Hotspurs midfielder, as uh, talks about his club moving on. Uh, big, big, big match against Syracuse uh, tomorrow, this coming Saturday night. Uh, joining me now, next on the list, is Mr. Luca Malor from West Chester United over in South, excuse me, in the eastern end of Pennsylvania, not far from Philadelphia, as we have him on next on the NPSL Soccer Show. Luca, how are you, and how's your night so far? Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, just checking that you can hear me okay. I hear you loud and clear. You're doing just fine. Fantastic. You know what? We've actually just finished the training session right now. I'm Fresh off uh, session, sweaty in the car. It's pretty smelly, so uh, on the way home now. So uh, yeah, pretty pretty fired up, ready for our game tomorrow against Monmouth. Uh, well, let me tell you, those Jersey teams, you got to watch out. It doesn't matter where they are, Motown, Monmouth, or Atlantic City FC. Uh, those are going to be a scrappy, scrappy matchups uh, in this one, and uh, obviously West. Chester is going to uh, be uh, a big target on their backs for this one. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely. We already had a good run in with Atlantic City uh, maybe about a month ago. Got a bit scrappy. Um, they they got away with the result in the end. Um, obviously, we're looking back to get back at those guys at the end of the season. But we've always had a good rivalry with Monmouth. Uh, the coaches know each other well. And we're in a, a couple different leagues with them, but obviously MPSL means a lot to both clubs. So, yeah, it's going to be a good game tomorrow, good head-to-head. Now, I understand that uh, a colleague of mine that covers the Philadelphia Union, that your father worked for the Red Devils of Man United. Is that true? That is true, yeah. So my, my dad actually got a coaching job with Manchester United, uh, in, in part thanks to me. Uh, when I was about six years old, I was scouted by uh, a Manchester United scout and signed to the academy team. And uh, my dad ended up getting a coaching job from that. And he, he worked there. Well, he had worked there for about 16 years until, until this January where he just started a new job, um, also in a coaching role in England. But, uh, yeah, he was at Manchester for a good 16 years, so he's definitely got an eye for the game. That's fantastic to hear. Talk about this Westchester United club uh, right now, tight race with Atlantic City FC. Currently, uh, you're ahead by a point with 21. Atlantic City is in second place with 20. How magical has this season been so far in your division right now? Oh, it's been fantastic. You know, we're all buzzing around the club. Everyone's just happy to be here. You know, as I say, we just got off training at quarter to nine on a Friday night. The lads, we have nothing better to do on Friday. 
obviously enjoying ourselves. But yeah, obviously, as you mentioned, it's a tight race with us in Atlantic City. I mentioned earlier, we already went down to those guys, had a great game down there. Uh, we're just really enjoying the season as a club. Um, you know, I mentioned that we're playing in a couple other leagues, but we're obviously having success in NPSL and across the board. We've got loads of different guys from loads of different universities, loads of different areas in the country. You know, it, it's just a really good time, good summer ball. Um, and, yeah, really looking forward to, to finish out the season and to see where we go from here. Do you feel this is going to be a battle to the, to the end, straight to the end? you feel this is going to be a very, very uh, nerve-wracking nerve uh, final in this regular season? Well, you know, I hope not. It would be much easier for us if it wasn't, if it was just plain sailing. But in all honesty, of course, it's going to be a tough battle. It could go either way, to be honest, you know, looking at the quality across the board. You know, Monmouth too have a fantastic team. We've got a good run in against them tomorrow. But, yeah, as I say, you know, I, I would love if it was uh, plain sailing and happy days, you know, all wins, all easy, but that's just not the way it is. And that's what we love about the game, you know. It's, it's always a challenge, which makes it all the, all the more sweeter when we come away with a good result. So, Absolutely, absolutely. So talk about yourself, if you don't mind. Um, you play defense, correct? Yeah, centre-back. So you're Although central I, or you're I, in the uh, wing-back? I do fancy myself as a attacking midfielder from time to time, but uh, luckily our coach Blaze has the reins on me and keeps me at centre back, keeps me in check. Mhm. No, that sounds pretty good. Um, who do you model yourself after? I mean, obviously, like you said, your dad was uh, in with Manchester United back in England. Um, did you ever talk to or speak to, like you know, those? Uh, those wonderful players back in the day, maybe like during those, maybe those Sir Alex Ferguson days. <laughs> yeah, listen, I was super lucky to be around some top, top players when I was younger. You know, a lot of um, player, old teammates of mine are still playing at the top level now. So really fortunate to have been around players like those. But I tell you what, watching Benucci today for Italy, some of the passes that he was making from centre-back, centre of the three, if I, if I were to... At any centre-back, it would certainly be Benucci, especially after that performance today. So uh, that might be the best answer you get from me. I think maybe when I was 10 years old, I wanted to play like Zinedine Zidane. Uh, and then as I grew up, I realised that was just going to be impossible. So sit, <laughs> sit back and play play to my strengths and, and stick to what I'm good at, which is more defending than on the ball. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just work hard, keep the ball when you can. And, and as I say, if I were to play like anyone, I would choose Benucci. No, I don't blame you at all. But I thought you were going to bend it like Beckham. That's what I always thought everyone wants to do. Oh, uh, no chance. Don't don't have the technique for that, unfortunately. Definitely spend a few hours, few hours trying as a kid, you know, with free kick practices and that. And then when you sky a few too many over the bar, that's when you realize you've got to stick to centre-back. Yeah, I understand what you're talking about. you got to know where your limitations are and moving forward. So... Obviously, Westchester United has been around for a very, very long time. Obviously, a, uh, a semi-pro side in the lower levels in Pennsylvania East. And now, of course, NPSL uh, been there for a couple of seasons. Uh, what's it like to be with that club? You know, what's the manager like? And, uh, you know, do you, you know, obviously you've, you're comfortable in the in the tactics and the formation he's giving you. What, what's it about 
playing for a club like this that's been around for a long time? Oh, it's absolutely fantastic. So, for me, I obviously from England came to America and played at Villanova University. So, played, you know, university soccer and just found, happened to stumble across Westchester United in the summer, my first summer here. And Blaise Santangelo, the head coach, invited me in to play. Uh, and immediately, as soon as you come in, it's just a fantastic culture. You know, everyone wants to be there. There's tons of guys that shows up to practice. I mentioned that we'd just come off practice. There was probably 60 guys out of practice tonight. We had to split it up in three different sessions because there were so many players. So the fact that there's so many guys that want to be there, want to be out on the field, want to be playing, they're all really good guys. You know, some of my best friends are from this club. You know, (laughs) my mum doesn't appreciate it, but, you know, I choose to stay out and play summer soccer with Westchester instead of go home to England just because of the atmosphere and, and the environment here. It's, it's just, it's a great club to be a part of. You know, I mentioned the, the head coach, Blaze. He gets all guys, you know, he gets all the guys happy to come and train, happy to come and play, be a part of the squad, whether, whether that's the, you know, the under-23 squad we have or the, the open-age squad that we have or the MPSL squad. Just a fantastic club, obviously with a lot of history, um, but, yeah, my, my first season here was actually in the MPSL, and we had a little bit of success there as well. I really enjoyed my time there. Uh, my season was cut short a little bit because I had to go back to university, but that's different for me this year because uh, I'm, I'm no longer tied to university. I'm, I'm, I'm cut free. I'm graduated. So I can hopefully stay for the playoffs as long as they may last. You know, hopefully we go all the way. That's the ambition. But, obviously, you never know what's going to happen. So, yeah, the club Absolutely, is a whole fantastic, yeah. fantastic. You know, really just enjoy being here. So, oh, that's fantastic to hear. So, I guess I can ask you this question: When your friends back in England call you up and talk to you about what's what are the players like here in the here in the United States? You know, like you know how how talented are they? Their technical ability. What do you tell them when you because know, you've been over here for uh, you know for university and it looks like you know you've been doing very well over here. What would they ask you? You know what, that's a fantastic question, and I used to get asked that a lot. And it was difficult to answer at first. Honestly, it took me a little while to get used to the differences of the game over here. I'm going to be honest, it's a little softer over here. So, you know, you're not getting hit with as many hard tackles. You don't have to worry about going off the field with an injury all the time. It's kind of nice. There's a lot more soccer that's being played. You know, people care more about keeping the ball and, and more tactics, whereas Back home, it's a little bit more physical. It's a little bit more, you know, gritty, a bit more flying tackles, tons more yellow cards. Um, but to be honest, the quality in terms of on the ball is is pretty high, especially here at Westchester. Uh, it, I think it was in my first season when I was playing in the MPSL. I, I had a look round at my team that I was playing with, and I realised that these guys were just as good as any players that I've ever played with in England. Um, you know, so super fortunate to have found myself at a club with, with the top talent. Uh, you know, I, I've only played against a handful of other MPSL teams, so I can't talk about the level across the board. But certainly at our club, uh, we have some real good talent. We have some real good guys. Uh, really, Yeah, so really fortunate. Talk about your manager, Blaise Santangelo. What it's about him that gets you ready uh, for these matches, how he prepares you at training and the tactics of the match. How good is he for Westchester so far? Another great question. And 
Yeah, it's strange because I'm asked about him quite frequently, actually, because he has so much success as a manager, you know, all the different competitions that he he has teams in. And honestly, it's a strange managing style compared to, to others, especially compared to college coaches that I know. He He's all about making players feel good. He's all about the feel of the club and the feel of guys. So he'll call guys and make sure that they're feeling good the day before the game. He doesn't focus so much on tactics or formations or who's going to play where. It's more about can all the guys feel good? Can we go into the game feeling good? And can we feel good through the week in training and approach the game on the weekend or the midweek game, you know, with our tails up? It's more about the feel. So, you know, definitely a man-manager. Uh, rather than a master tech, uh, tactician. But, you know, for me, he's one of the best coaches I've had. And honestly, I think I've won more games for him as a manager than, than anyone else I've played for. So whatever he does, he does a pretty good job. That's fantastic to know about this guy and everything going on. All right, so I, I know everything about Philadelphia. I know where the best cheesesteaks are. I don't have to worry about that. But if I can ask you this, back in England, where would be the best fish and chip shop that you can recommend in Manchester? Because you know what? or even I, in London. I'm, go ahead. Sorry, before I answer that question, I, I'm actually sat outside of Wawa. I'm in a Wawa parking lot. I have to say, Wawa is one of the greatest things in this world. Definitely a fantastic <laughs> thing from Philadelphia. Uh, if I could take anything home from America, it would be Wawa for sure. But um, right. there's a local fish and chip shop right down the road from me. Every Friday night, the line, the queue reaches all the way around uh, around the block. For me, that's my favorite just because it was local. Uh, I couldn't even tell you the name of it. I just know it by heart. It's just there. Uh, tell you what, I, I do know the name of it. It's called Salandine Nook Fisheries. Sally Nook Fisheries is uh, is how it's known on the streets. But uh, listen, that's certainly not the best. That's just my personal favorite. So Sally Nook Fisheries, but I would trade it for a Wawa. There you go. Why not? And I have actually the funny thing is there's a Wawa near me. Definitely one of the best I've ever had. They are tremendous, and I always make sure I get a sandwich there or, or anything that I need from there. It's just absolutely fantastic. I'm going to hook you up. If you ever take a trip into New York City, you can look up their website. It's called Assault and Battery, and it is a legitimate fish and chips English uh, spot that you can – it tastes probably for you, probably tastes like home. You never know. But uh, there's a fish and chip place in Manhattan. Uh, Yeah, A, Salt, and Battery. Fantastic. All right, make sure when you re-listen to the show, you uh, you write this down, okay? And go on, they got a website (laughs) and everything. It's it's on Greenwich Avenue uh, in Manhattan. If you ever get the opportunity to get up here, get up there and go for it over there because they're fantastic. Maybe we'll have to stop by after the game in Monmouth tomorrow. All right. Why not? It's going to be a bit of a trek, but, you know, it's worth yeah, it. Yeah, I, for you, it'd be, it's worth it. For you, it'd be worth it. I promise. Guarantee it. Well, as I say, Philadelphia right. has given me Wawa, so fish and chips is uh, almost as good. 
that's awesome to hear, and uh, hopefully uh, you continue to enjoy Philadelphia and uh, being here in the States. So listen, let me just say this uh, for you, Luca. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I hope you have a good evening. You take care, and uh, good luck in the rest of the regular season and the playoffs. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. Take care. Take care. Thank you very much. And that was Luca Malore from Westchester United as uh, he comes in and talks about himself and the club in Westchester United. Now, the reason why I do it like that is because being from New York City, the first county north of the five boroughs of, Manhattan, of New York City past the Bronx is Westchester County in New York. So for me, because it's one whole word, Westchester, up in uh, the first county north of New York City, that's why I have to separate it for myself to call it Westchester because it's two separate words and I don't want to conf- have confusion or anything like that. So now we're going to wait on uh, my next guest. Uh, gentleman next up is Victor Luengo from Midland Odessa Soccers as uh, we uh, continue on here and uh, uh, on the NPSL Soccer Show. And hopefully we will have uh, him on uh, quickly. And then, of course, later, later on to finish up the show tonight, I'm going to have a recorded interview with the owner of Atlantic City FC and Mr. Andrew Wilgus, uh, who I have been uh, you know, a good, good friend of mine uh, before I even did this uh, MPSL soccer show, Andrew Wilgus, running Atlantic City FC, who's done a fantastic job. But waiting on, um, the, uh, on my next guest from Midland Odessa Soccers in Victor Luengo, I was going to say Luongo, of course, he's a former NHL goaltender, so we'll have to wait and see what's going to happen uh, there. But definitely it's going to be a fun show and a fun interview moving forward as we await for Mr. Luengo to come on. And uh, hopefully uh, we will uh, get a, uh, a huge, huge moment here. Uh, to talk about Midland Odessa Soccers, of course, they have been um, one of those clubs that continues on to be a strong club in uh, MPSL during Open Cup. They qualify all the time, and they just go out and do a job. It's just wonderful to watch them go out in the Open Cup and do well think they've only been uh, the last two or three years. They've only reached the second round a couple of times. Outside of that, um, nothing more, nothing less. And it's just a situation, once again, where you just have to say that this is one of those clubs going on. And it's, uh, it's just fun to, uh, to talk about one of these clubs. So... We'll have to wait and see what's going to happen moving on here, and hopefully we'll have um, Mr. Luengo going on, moving forward, and uh, talk about that club. 
So uh, hopefully uh, we'll have him on and uh, get ready to go. You know, Midland, Odessa, Sockers, uh, a very, very good club, as I've said already, in the NPSL. Currently third place in the Lone Star Conference behind Denton Diablos and the Laredo Heat. Midland, Odessa, uh, we'll see if they'll make the playoffs or not. It's going to be very interesting to watch them try and do something big here if they can. Um, Just got to see if they can uh, go out and do do a job here. So we'll see what happens. So... Just waiting for Victor to come on. And we'll have to wait and see what the situation will be. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Um, I, what I will do is I'm going to play my uh, my interview with Andrew Wildgus of uh, Atlantic City FC. And if uh, Victor... Uh, Luengo does show up. I'll cut it off. We'll have Mr. Luengo on, and then when that's over with, uh, I'll play the whole thing. But if he doesn't show up, then I just play the entire thing. So this is, for now, uh, my interview with Andrew Wildgus, owner of Atlantic City FC. Here you are. And welcome back, everybody, to the NPSL Soccer Show as we get ready for another exciting conversation with any member of any club in the National Premier Soccer League. I've had this gentleman on a couple of times, of course, in the past before I uh, signed my name to the NPSL to do this show. He is the owner of Atlantic City FC of the NPSL in the Keystone Conference Division, the one and only owner of Atlantic City FC. It's Andrew Wildgus joining me. Andrew, thank you for your time, and welcome back. Thank you so much, Daniel. Great to be back. Well, it's great to have you on officially now as an NPSL uh, soccer show host with you, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of positives going on with Atlantic City FC, and I have to say, looking at the standings right now in your conference division, uh, undefeated is an amazing feat. Even though Westchester United is still in first place with 18 points with a loss, but, you know, your side so far, five wins, no losses, two draws, you're just a point below them, and you are a point ahead of FC Motown. How has it been for you this season to watch your club grow? Well, first of all, we're just insanely grateful to be playing, right? You know, starting with that, um, progress on the field is one thing, but just the ability to be back out there and be part of a team environment again, watch training sessions happen and work with youth programs. You know, we just had uh, Aguchi and Yewu out doing a camp with Mainland United Soccer Association, had uh, over 50 kids participate. And, you know, it's just uh, you, you forget what you miss about doing this um, when you spend that much time away from it. So, you know, really, if we didn't have a successful season on the pitch at all, just the fact that we got out uh, on the pitch would have been a, somewhat of a success, though. But having said that, I could not be prouder of this team and the way they've uh, played and, and the way these guys are coming together and uh, the way Coach Siebert is, is really crafting uh, all of this. And, and uh, you know, it's hard. You, you bring 
you know, Daniel, with the NPSL, you bring together a new roster virtually every season, very little uh, carryover year to year. And uh, getting these guys ready to work with each other in such a short period of time is, is quite a challenge. So, you know, our, our team's general manager, David Goldstein, um, from day one has been working his butt off to put together an incredibly competitive roster, recruiting all over the country and really all over the world. Um, and then watching what Coach uh, Steph has done with this group and Coach Armand has done with this group uh, has been fantastic. So, you know, long way to go. We still have three games left in the regular season. Um, you know, we were fortunate enough to beat Westchester head-to-head, and they still have some tough games left against uh, Motown. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But as long as uh, we make the uh, playoffs, we have a shot to uh, progress, and that's that's really what you push for uh, year after year. There's, you know, obviously those small goals of, of, of trying to uh, win your conference and get out of your conference in the playoffs, but there's also the push to try to get a U.S. Open Cup spot and that type of thing. So, you know, being undefeated definitely helps that cause. Um, and, you know, uh, we still, like I said, have a lot of work to do uh, starting with this weekend in Electric City uh, in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Now, if I can ask you about that U.S. Open Cup and that U.S. Open Cup spot, you did earn it back in 2020. Uh, the tournament, of course, was canceled as much as U.S. soccer was trying to get that underway because of the coronavirus, the COVID uh, situation. Um, what is going on with your 2020 spot uh, is it still um, available for you? Are they going to try and talk to the... Nah, pretty much they've wiped it clean. So, um, you know, we were really grateful our second year to be able to qualify for the U.S. Open Cup. I mean, that's something that my business partner and, and co-owner of the team, Nick Milata, and I talked about as a bucket list item. You know, wouldn't it be great if one day we can qualify for the U.S. Open Cup and then to do it two seasons in was really remarkable. And we were set to host the first two rounds as well. We were going to be hosting the Newtown Pride, uh, the amateur national title holders uh, in Connecticut on uh, at Rowan University in our first game. And then if we had won that, we were set to host uh, Austin Bold from the USL Championship in our second game, and that would have been their first U.S. Open Cup game ever. Um, so and on top of that, just the bizarre nature of how it all happened. We had, you know, found out from U.S. Open uh, that we qualified and, and also that they were not going to allow any collegiate players to be part of the first couple of rounds. So we had to field an entirely new team from scratch. Um, so no sooner did we do that and brought players in from literally every corner of the planet uh, and started training, than COVID hit, locked everything down. Um, and uh, we had to scramble just as hard to find all those players' flights back home so that they could get safe with their family. So it was probably the most surreal three or four weeks I've ever experienced of highs uh, of getting into that tournament, preparing for it right away, to the lows of, oh, everything (laughs) in the world is being canceled right now, not just us. So, you know, we were really disappointed, obviously, that we didn't get to play in the 2020 tournament, but there's also 80 other teams that are dealing with the exact same situation. So... You know, rather than uh, cry about it, our goal is just to qualify again for next year, right? No, absolutely. That's no, absolutely. That's all, we're do. That's all you can do, unfortunately. And um, I would love to have thought that maybe uh, there would be some sort of like special tournament uh, to yeah, at least whoever qualified for uh, 2022 uh, would uh, battle against those teams that did qualify for 2020. So, but you know, yeah. unfortunately, that did, that didn't pop up. That's all right. Well, like I said, we're very grateful to U.S. Soccer uh, for being included in that process, and they were nothing but uh, gracious and, and communicative the entire way through about the process. So, um, you know, from our standpoint, there's zero 
uh, hard feelings at all about the situation. It's much bigger than uh, an amateur soccer club, and we totally get that. And like I said, we will be back. Our, our goal is to focus on qualifying for next year's U.S. Open Cup tournament and uh, not worrying about uh, things that are out of our control. No, I agree with you there, obviously. Um, so talk about being in this uh, conference right now. Um, we all know the big battles between Atlantic City and FC Monmouth, obviously. You know, the battle of the gamblers against uh, the Bruce Springsteen uh, uh, hangout, of course, uh, near Asbury Park. Um, yes, but uh, Greetings from Asbury Park versus Atlantic uh, City. Both for Springsteen songs. That's right. That's right. But what's it like to face against another New Jersey team like from Morristown, FC Motown, and of course, uh, not too far away from Delaware against First State FC. You play them twice a season now uh, in your uh, regular season schedule. All right. So uh, we have on right now. Uh, my next guest from the uh, Midland Odessa Soccers and Victor Luengo uh, joining us tonight. Victor, how are you? Good. How are you? Very good. Thank you. So, Victor, talking about uh, your season so far, very, very big time um, Lone Star Conference. It's really hot and heavy. Uh, Denton mm-hmm. Diablos, Laredo Heat, and you guys are in third place behind those two. Um some climbing to do with whatever is remaining in your schedule. How difficult has it been so far against those two sides? Well, actually, it's been a tough season. Actually, we've been really, we've been fighting every single game. And actually, this conference is really hard. Like, every team is hard to beat. Um, Laurel is a good team. And Denton is a good team. We're a really good team, too. But um, sometimes... When you face good teams, it's all about luck also. So, yeah, we've been playing really good, but it's, it's tough, man, it's tough. The weather is hard, too. Everything, everything adds. Whoops. Did we just lose him? I hope not. Hello? Did we just lose Oh, you're there. Good. Gotcha, gotcha. I thought we lost you. Sorry about that. Um, okay, no, just no problem. To... Yep. Just to move on, um... How is it playing for this club side, Midland Odessa? How strong are they, right? Uh, is your club right now? I feel like we're really, I feel like we're really a really good team. We have a lot of chemistry right now, uh, which I feel like is a, a really important thing and a big takes a big part when we're facing other teams. I feel like we have a really pretty decent team. We have really good players from different universities. Um, and also, like what I just told you, like chemistry is, is a must. If you want to win games, you got to get along with your teammates. And I think we're doing a really pretty good team, really pretty good game every day. But, like, sometimes we just we're just unlucky, tying, not the scoring our opportunities. But I think we could, we could make it far. That's, that sounds pretty good. That sounds solid. Um, if I could also ask you this, in the Midland Odessa area, what is the best place to get a good meal that you've had so far? Tough, tough question because to be honest, I've been really, we've been really, not really going out too much. Uh, we've been focusing a lot on, on just like cooking in house, trying to have good like good healthy meals. So. 
I would say I'm not gonna lie to you. I haven't I haven't stepped on a restaurant yet to be honest. Over okay. here on this area. Okay. If I can ask you, uh where are you originally from? So I'm originally from Madrid, Spain. Ah, okay. Yeah. So where would be the best uh, Spanish what would be the best restaurant in Spain you've been to? Oof, there's plenty of them. That's the problem. In Madrid, Madrid is really, <laughs> really, really big. So if I have to tell you just one, it will be really, really difficult. There's a lot okay. of really good restaurants. And to be honest, you don't really have to spend that much money to have a really, really good meal. Yeah, no, I bet. I bet. Anything in Spain is good in my mind. I don't care uh, yeah. who's cooking it. It sounds it, it sounds food really, wise, really spectacular. Oh, man. That's just unbelievable. Um, so do, do you feel uh, you got like at least a couple of weeks left in the regular season? You feel like uh, you're going to be able to make a playoff spot uh, in this NPSL season or no? Yeah, I'm really confident about that. Like right now we're playing and luckily we're winning. So I feel like we're doing really good. I think that la- that loss we took, it was a wake-up call. It made us step up. So as of right now, we're really playing really good. And as I told you, I trust my teammates 100%. I know we're going to make it. That's awesome to hear, and uh, hopefully you guys do. Victor, listen, thank you for your time. I appreciate it. I know it's a little short now, but I hopefully, have, hopefully I'll have you on again soon. Please have a very good night. You take care, and talk to you next time, okay? Thank you. You too. And that is uh, Victor Luengo from Midland Odessa Soccers on the show tonight, and glad to have him. So here's what's going to happen. Now I'm going to play the entire show. Now, obviously, live stream at 930 tonight will be cut off. So it will continue to play this interview with Andrew Wildgus, the whole thing now. I'm going to re-rack it, play it again. Um, You can catch the whole thing on the uh, archived show uh, once this whole thing has been turned off. You won't hear it live. It will be cut off. But I promise you, you'll hear the whole thing um, after the live feed is gone once I get into the archived show. So once I posted on Twitter that we're going to the archive show, you can listen to the whole interview. So once again, this is Andrew Wildgus's interview, but I want to thank my guests tonight real quickly. Uh, Nick Kolarik from Pittsburgh Hotspurs, uh, Luca Malor from Westchester United SC, Victor Luenga, who just popped on from Midland Odessa Soccers. I want to thank Andrew Wildgus for his time to help me record the interview. And uh, the general manager from Georgia Revolution, thank you for calling in and talk to you guys next time, this coming Monday. And then, of course, the Gold Cup comes in as these Gold Cup qualifiers are being played right now. It's going to be fun and time. Thank you for listening to the NPSL Soccer Show. Here is the entire interview with Andrew Wildgus. Once again, once the live uh, feed is done, you won't hear the rest of it, but, but you can in the archived review. So here you go. Thank you. Have a good evening. Take care so long. And have a good night. And as always, enjoy your football. This is Daniel Feuerstein of the MPSL Soccer Show. Once again, Andrew Wildgus, the full interview. Catch the whole thing. Um, Once I inform everyone that the archived recording 
is ready to go. And welcome back, everybody, to the NPSL Soccer Show as we get ready for another exciting conversation with any member of any club in the National Premier Soccer League. I've had this gentleman on a couple of times, of course, in the past before I uh, signed my name to the NPSL to do this show. He is the owner of Atlantic City FC of the NPSL in the Keystone Conference Division, the one and only owner of Atlantic City FC. It's Andrew Wildgust joining me. Andrew, thank you for your time, and welcome back. Thank you so much, Daniel. Great to be back. Well, it's great to have you on officially now as an NPSL uh, soccer show host with you, and uh, you know there's a lot of positives going on with Atlantic City FC, and I have to say, what, looking at the standings right now in your conference division, uh, undefeated is an amazing feat, even though Westchester United is still in first place with 18 points with a loss, but, you know, your side so far, five wins, no losses, two draws, you're just a point below them, and you are a point ahead of FC Motown. How has it been for you this season to watch your club grow? Well, first of all, we're just insanely grateful to be playing, right? You know, starting with that, um, progress on the field is one thing, but just the ability to be back out there and be part of a team environment again, watch training sessions happen and work with youth programs. You know, we just had uh, Gucci and Yewu out doing a camp with Mainland United Soccer Association, had uh, over 50 kids participate. And, you know, it's just uh, you, you forget what you miss about doing this um, when you spend that much time away from it. So, you know, really, if we didn't have a successful season on the pitch at all, just the fact that we got out uh, on the pitch would have been a, somewhat of a success, though. But having said that, I could not be prouder of this team and the way they've uh, played and, and the way these guys are coming together and uh, the way Coach Sievert is, is really crafting uh, all of this. And, and uh, you know, it's hard. You, you bring, you know, Daniel, with the NPSL, you bring together a new roster virtually every season, very little uh, carryover year to year. And uh, getting these guys ready to work with each other in such a short period of time is, is quite a challenge. So, you know, our, our team's general manager, David Goldstein, um, from day one has been working his butt off to put together an incredibly competitive roster, recruiting all over the country and really all over the world. Um, and then watching what Coach uh, Steph has done with this group and Coach Armand has done with this group uh, has been fantastic. So, you know, long way to go. We still have three games left in the regular season. Um, you know, we were fortunate enough to beat Westchester head-to-head, and they still have some tough games left against uh, Motown. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens. But as long as uh, we make the uh, playoffs, we have a shot to uh, progress, and that's that's really what you push for uh, year after year. There's, you know, obviously those small goals of, of, of trying to uh, win your conference and get out of your conference in the playoffs, but there's also the push to try to get a U.S. Open Cup spot and that type of thing. So, you know, being undefeated definitely helps that cause. Um, and, you know, uh, we still, like I said, have a lot of work to do uh, starting with this weekend in Electric City uh, in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Now, if I can ask you about that U.S. Open Cup and uh, that U.S. Open Cup spot, you did earn it back in 2020. Uh, the tournament, of course, was canceled as much as U.S. soccer was trying to get that underway because of the coronavirus, the COVID uh, situation. Um, what is going on with your 2020 spot uh, is it still um, available for you? Are they going to try and talk to the... Nah, pretty much they've wiped it clean. So, um, 
you know, we were really grateful our second year to be able to qualify for the U.S. Open Cup. I mean, that's something that my business partner and, and co-owner of the team, Nick Pilata, and I talked about as a bucket list item. You know, wouldn't it be great if one day we can qualify for the U.S. Open Cup and then to do it two seasons in was really remarkable. And we were set to host the first two rounds as well. We were going to be hosting the Newtown Pride, uh, the amateur national title holders uh, in Connecticut on uh, at Rowan University in our first game. And then if we had won that, we were set to host uh, Austin Bold from the USL Championship in our second game, and that would have been their first U.S. Open Cup game ever. Um, so, and on top of that, just the bizarre nature of how it all happened. We had, you know, found out from U.S. Open uh, that we qualified and, and also that they were not going to allow any collegiate players to be part of the first couple of rounds. So we had to field an entirely new team from scratch. Um, so... No sooner did we do that and brought players in from literally every corner of the planet uh, and started training, then COVID hit, locked everything down, um, and uh, we had to scramble just as hard to find all those players' flights back home so that they could get safe with their family. So it was probably the most surreal three or four weeks I've ever experienced of highs uh, of getting into that tournament, preparing for it right away to the lows of, oh, everything in the world is being canceled right now, not just us. So, you know, we were really disappointed, obviously, that we didn't get to play in the 2020 tournament, but there's also 80 other teams that are dealing with the exact same situation. So, you know, rather than uh, cry about it, our goal is just to qualify again for next year, right? No, absolutely. No, absolutely. That's all you can do, unfortunately. And um, I would love to have thought that maybe uh, there would be some sort of, like, special tournament uh, to yeah, at least whoever qualified for uh, 2022 uh, would uh, battle against those teams that did qualify for 2020. So, but you know, yeah. unfortunately, that did, that didn't pop up. That's all right. Well, like I said, we're very grateful to U.S. Soccer uh, for being included in that process, and they were nothing but uh, gracious and, and communicative the entire way through about the process. So, um, you know, from our standpoint, there's zero. Uh, hard feelings at all about the situation. It's much bigger than uh, an amateur soccer club, and we totally get that. And like I said, we will be back. Our our goal is to focus on qualifying for next year's U.S. Open Cup tournament and uh, not worrying about uh, things that are out of our control. No, I agree with you there, obviously. Um, so talk about being in this uh, conference right now. Um, we all know the big battles between Atlantic City and FC Monmouth, obviously. You know, the battle of the gamblers against uh, the Bruce Springsteen uh, uh, hangout, of course, uh, near Asbury Park. Um, but Greetings from Asbury Park versus uh, both Bruce Springsteen songs. That's right. That's right. But what's it like to face against another New Jersey team like from Morristown, FC Motown, and of course, uh, not too far away from Delaware against First State FC. You play them twice a season now. Uh, in your uh, regular season schedule, what what is it about taking on a northern New Jersey side and a Delaware side every single year at home and away? Yeah, it's you know I think the rivalries that we're building are are really genuine. Um, you know I know there's a, a real feel of a north central south New Jersey tribal pride that kind of goes on, and uh, you know I think our players feel it and, and get a sense that. Uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a frenemy situation, right? You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not uh, uh, we're not uh, hostile to the teams that we play, but uh, I don't think there's any love loss uh, between us and Motown. Quite frankly, we've we've battled hard on the pitch against each other since we've come into the league, and um, every game has been very very tight. Even the year that they went to 
the finals in the NPSL and lost to Miami United, I think we, or Miami FC, I think we gave them one of the best games that they had all year in our first season. And, um, you know, we, we beat them last game of uh, the regular season a couple of years ago to win the conference, regular season conference title before losing the playoffs. But, um, you know, these are, these are genuine rivalries, and, and uh, our players, uh, gear up for it. They know that those guys don't like us and, and, and vice versa, and that's just how it is. And, and that's exactly the kind of healthy environment you want with teams being super competitive. With first days, you know, seeing as how they're a new team into the league, and I have a great relationship with their owner, uh, Dave Holloway, is a really terrific guy. Um, you know, they're, they're a great program. Uh, they play at an absolutely first-class stadium, one of the nicest uh, facilities in the entire NPSL, a brand-new $30 million stadium that's on the campus of this private school in uh, Wilmington. And, um, you know, he's just run that organization like a professional organization from day one. So uh, having them in the league is a, a real uh, strong addition, and uh, they represent a great market. And really, you know, southern New Jersey and Delaware is a, is a strong rivalry. So. Uh, we like building that. We've been fortunate to beat them both times, but they've gotten better uh, every game that they played. You know, the team that we played first week of the year versus the team we played uh, week six was was vastly improved. So, um, you know, I I really like the the conference that we're in. Um, I, I love these these regional rivalries we're able to build, uh, and you know, I wish those teams a tremendous success, except when they're playing us. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's always good luck to you away from us. But when you're coming against us, we're going to beat your brains in. So, I mean, I don't blame you for feeling like that. Um, so far, in the amount of years you've been playing in the NPSL and being in the area of South Jersey, obviously with Atlantic City, Richard Stockton, one of the state schools, uh, which is a Division three school in the NCAA athletics, um, within the vicinity how well-received have you been, and how exciting is it to get all these people to come to these games representing, uh, I would have to assume it's purple and a seaish uh, green, I believe, uh, with, yeah, your, uh, with your color scheme? Purple and green is sort of our third color. Purple and black are our main color scheme, but the Tropicana historically uses this beautiful uh, shade of green for their logo, and, and them being our... Uh, long-time sponsors, literally since day one, and even renewed during the pandemic, which is just a testament to how incredible an organization they have, which is now part of Teaser's Entertainment, the largest gaming company in the world. Um, so, you know, we're, we're very, very blessed with that. So, yeah, I think they've also um, helped us accelerate our footprint in the community. But for us, it wasn't just about building fans in a traditional way of come see us play. Like, our mission... Uh, Daniel, from day one, is really to engage with uh, the local population in Atlantic City and try to bring a sports culture that can help foster social change there. We have a city situation where there's over 40% Latino population and no real organized uh, youth soccer programs. There's a handful of people doing great work, uh, but nothing that's really widespread across the community. So our goal is not only to build great facilities for the kids in Atlantic City, but also to to work really hard to, to build programs that can help foster this, this culture, this social culture, um, and, and sports culture in the city, with it, which I think is vital. For example, we have uh, some really important meetings upcoming with America Scores about starting uh, America Scores in uh, Atlantic City, which is a great after-school program for kids that combines uh, soccer, service, and poetry. Um, not poetry in the sense of, you know, reading uh, Shakespeare and Longfellow, but uh, a lot about self-expression and in inner-city environments with kids that often go through very difficult uh, times growing up, this is a really critical 
way for them to relate to people and to build uh, relationships that help get them through those times and advance as people. So, you know, these types of programs and then working with groups like the Hispanic Alliance, Dynasty Alliance, the Boys and Girls Club of Atlantic City, that has been the most rewarding part of it, watching those kids become our fans and, you know, doing camps with those types of kids. So, you know, for me, like, uh, as far as like, oh, how many tickets we sell or things like that, totally don't care. You know, all about just who cares about our program and our, our mission and who wants to be part of that. Um, you know, in the future, our goal is very much to try to base everything in Atlantic City, including our home games. We haven't been able to do that yet, um, but we hope to do it in the future. And, you know, I think that will make the engagement with the community even more meaningful. So... If I can ask, uh, will there be somewhere in the future inside downtown Atlantic City or, you know, some of the shops in the area that support soccer and sells soccer merchandise? Um, is who Who is your jersey maker uh, right now? I remember you started off with Nike, I believe, and now you probably changed it to someone. Are you going to have your own uh, team no. store in the city somewhere or no? Yes, we actually do. We, we have a team store open that you can go to right this second. Our headquarters is inside the Tropicana Hotel and Casino, inside Tilton Fitness, which is the incredible two-story uh, gym and fitness center that's part of the Tropicana, but it's not owned by the Tropicana. It's a separate company, and it's our sponsor. So it's a public gym that anybody can join, and I would encourage you to join. Um, and we have our headquarters in there. We have a beautiful office in there, and we also have an incredible team store when you first walk in. So you could buy our kits, hats, scarves, stickers, uh, T-shirts, pretty much whatever you want to get your hands on. So if you're visiting the Tropicana, just head into Tilton Fitness, uh, and, and you can buy uh, all of our stuff. And, you know, in the future, you know, we, we've, we've been for years pursuing a plan to work with uh, the city on uh, the stadium that exists there. We think we're making progress, but there's a lot of moving parts that we have to uh, finalize before we're ready to make any types of bold announcements about where we're going or what that's going to look like. Um, but it's, uh, you know, yeah, that's that's 100% of our, our focus and mission is to really have a presence inside Atlantic City. And we also have tremendous sponsor support inside Atlantic City from local establishments, restaurants like Vagabond, Sap House and Kitchen, and Carmines uh, inside the Tropicana and groups like that. So, um, you know, and then all these other little little businesses around Atlantic City that you would say have nothing to do with soccer have been so supportive, like Atlantic City Cruises, which does, does daily cruises around the island uh, for sightseers. You know, they were one of the earliest groups to, to pop on board and uh, support us and, and be a sponsor. So, you know, I, I think slowly we're starting to uh, really become part of the fabric of the city. I know it's a city that really loves soccer, like with their heart and soul. Um, I, I see it all the time. I see kids in the streets wearing Messi and Ronaldo jerseys versus Philadelphia Eagle jerseys. I, I remember taking Daniel a picture at the Boys and Girls Club's uh, new STEM center, which, which was just donated by uh, the Chelsea Economic Development Council and the CRDA, uh, which has done amazing stuff, you know, eSports and, and computer programming courses for kids in AC. And I took this picture, and there was like 11 kids in the picture. Six of them were wearing Liga MX jerseys. Uh, and, and it wasn't just like, you know, oh, here's the you know, Mexican national team. It was like, here's Pumas and here's Club America. You know, th these kids are, are rabid fans of the sport. So once I think they have uh, a fully professional team year-round in the city, operating the way we are, engaging the community the way they are, uh, I think it's going to just grow that passion uh, for the whole region. And I agree with you there. And last question, of course, 
Um, looking at your website, you had on former U.S. men's national team defender and uh, was on the CBS Sports Network slash Paramount Plus app uh, for the broadcast for the CONCACAF Nations League, Aguchi on Yewu. Uh, what's he like in person at the same time? Uh, how happy are you going to have him help out the kids at your camps uh, to learn from such a fantastic defender on that uh, formerly on the U.S. men's national team back line? It would be hard for me to find words that describe him um, because he is just such an exceptional human being on every level. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I, I don't even, look, I don't want to wax poetic just because he helped us out on a camp and, and with that, but like, this is a remarkable human being. I mean, really just a first class human being through and through, um, you know, just down to earth and engaged and, uh, communicative and, and, and polite and nice and just gracious and just, you know, for us to get a chance to work with a guy like that on any level was really a dream come true, but to get to see him interact with all these kids. Um, and impart his experience. You know, Gooch, I think, is one of the, the record holders in the uh, United States for having played in the most clubs in Europe or most major divisions. You know, you're talking Newcastle, the Real Betis, and AC Milan, and, you know, that, that's an incredible pedigree to take, and then the experience in MLS and the U.S. men's national team. Um, so, you know, I could literally talk to him forever uh, about the sport and his experiences, but, yeah, you know, we, we reached out to him uh, a while ago, David and I just uh, to build a relationship, and we're just so grateful uh, that he reciprocated. So um, it was amazing. You know, we had him all week uh, for the camp, and you know, one of the things that we're very passionate about, Daniel, is try to have programs that are affordable for kids. So you know, a lot of soccer programs um, uh, get priced out because of the bigger star you had, but he made it such that we could do this uh, for a very minimal fee for kids and, and run a successful camp all week. So. Uh, that was that was really gracious, and um, you know we're, we're very very grateful to him and to Mainland United Soccer Association for the work they helped us uh, put together. Andrew Wildgust, owner of Atlantic City FC, and right now they're in the thick of it in their conference. It's going to be an exciting finish to this regular season. Andrew, as always, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care, sir. Appreciate it, Daniel. Have a great day.